0: Welcome to the Big Marketing Podcast. We have a lot of opinions, and one of them is that (laughs) a good story changes the way you think. A great story changes the way you feel. I'm Dan Hack, and I'm Merritt Trigg, and theme song. So tell me, tell me what we're going to get into. All right, here's what we're going to do. So I have an entire page of uh, statistics, fMRI data, uh, test results. And we're just going to go for ten minutes because this might take us an entire day, okay. so we'll save some of these for later. All right, here we go. Production quality. We qu- get a qu- quality. Quality. We get a lot of questions about production quality. Does my video really need to look really, really good? Well, yes and no. Not always. So we do know that production quality. Equals perceived value of your product or service, right? So, mm-hmm. it, it it's one of those it's one of those inherent one of those um, subliminal things. When you're when you're commercial, for example, when you produce a commercial and it's really high quality, it doesn't really matter what you say in the commercial as much as it does. Uh, how it looks and how it's executed and how it feels, right? Which is the opposite of a product when you go buy like a like a garage door lubricant from the shelf at Home Depot. <laughs> Very it's specific. The crappy bottle, like the worst designed cans, are always the best product. That's not, true. That's not so much the <laughs> with case video. with with but, advertising.
1: But how how does the modern day uh, appeal of influencer marketing? And you know maybe this more sort of authentic vibe, if you will, mm-hmm. where someone has a product or a service they're reviewing and they're able to interact and provide feedback on said product or service in like a really, you know, unique and I guess yeah, uh, authentic. I know we're we're gonna call that a so, buzzword. How, how yeah. do you tie that into like a full? glossy production yeah so
0: you will. you're 100 right it's not always in your best interest to produce a really really polished high quality video mm-hmm. so and that's more organic content right. and when you in fact point number two lower production value is better for organic material like uh like reviews and unboxing
1: and that kind of stuff <laughs> I, now i have this vision in my head of like a hundred million dollar budget for an unboxing video and it's (laughs) yeah it's got like christopher walken
0: even how to's right when you when you look at a product when you're buying a product that has that has a really high-end polished commercial and then you've got a how to like how to implement that product or an unboxing or review those are actually more effective if they're filmed on an iphone or a Mm -hmm. you know a dslr or something like that with a ring light Next one. Um, do you think shorter is always better?
1: What's the context? <laughs> it's definitely.
0: You had to make it complicated. I did. for
1: For ads, <laughs> I I have to disagree because I think that's just too generic. I think there's times and places for shorter ads, especially based on product and service type. But yeah. overall, I don't think that rings true as a whole. Because yeah. You know, I'm sure you can tell me why right now.
0: You're absolutely right. (laughs) Right now. And go. (laughs) No, you're absolutely right because because you hear a lot of times, we don't have attention spans. Shorter is always better. If you Mm -hmm. can do a 15-second commercial, why would you do something? But actually, the data shows the opposite. The data actually shows that the creative is the variable, right? We have seven to 10-minute content that's producing uh, results and is doing really really well. When you look at 60 second commercials advertising, strictly traditional advertising, a 60 second commercial is more effective or a 90 second is more effective than a 60. A 60 is more effective than a 30 and a 30 is more effective than a 15. Mm-hmm. So is that
1: that's true like a perc- a higher percentage of the time, right? It's not right a high,
0: again and you're right it depends on what the creative is right mm-hmm. but generally speaking the more the longer you're exposed to a brand a 15 second commercial is great for branding yeah. not so much when you're trying to sell a product because you're not exposed to that product enough right okay. and then again it's questionable is a is 15 seconds enough to be people think that well if i run a 15 second commercial it's half the cost of a 30 second commercial i can run more of them and i can hit more people right but that's that whole views thing on youtube like a lot of people still gauge success by the number of views which is great if you're an influencer and you're trying to make money but you can buy views right when right. you when you
1: it's more about engagement yeah right? it's about engagement like w- and engagement yeah would
0: you rather have a million people see your commercial or would you rather have a hundred people who actually are in the market for your products so your commercial. Obviously
1: I think, you know, your growth person is going to say, oh, I'd rather at, at any company is going to say I'd rather have, you know, those people that are interested in buying just yeah. that hundred. But your right. your brand marketer might actually say, oh, I'd rather have the million or billion brand impressions. Right,
0: exactly. You go for depth versus width, essentially, right? Um, Then you have situations where a longer video will actually qualify a customer. So you can retarget customers based on, okay, well, we have a seven-minute video. Did they make it halfway through, three-quarters of the way through, or did they bounce right away? And that's how you know how to retarget those people and and their level of interest. If somebody's sitting there and watching your product seven minutes or even close to say even five minutes, then you know they're pretty interested.
1: And that that, that pertains not just to video as well, right? I mean, you can look... At those same statistics for blog content, even for still ads, how long someone was focused on a certain page even right. of your website. Yeah, so.
0: exactly, we we tested Sammy and I actually, um, and I'm surprised she didn't rage. Sammy great. Knight, but <laughs> Sammy, our uh, one of our producers, she sounds,
1: that's a she has a great name.
0: She does right. She sounds
1: like a cool Tolkien character. <laughs> Sammy Knight protected the dragons once again,
0: <laughs> and that is Knight with a K. I, know. I just ran out of <laughs> breath when I said that with a <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have to breathe Sammy and I tested a bunch of commercials a bunch of uh, car commercials local car commercials and regional car commercials from all around the US and we found out some really you cool didn't stuff didn't
1: throw in any like fun ones from India just for shits and giggles
0: <laughs> no because <laughs> they probably would have outperformed <laughs> right. the batch that we got okay so uh, here's what we found we found that the commercials that performed the worst uh, all contained a bunch of common phrases and this is because of uh, there's a there's a principle called semantic satiation where when you say a word we wrote a blog about this like you say the word chicken enough times you say it a hundred times all of a sudden it stops making sense
1: okay. and and the point of this is that an agency should be able to steer you in the right direction right. so you're not
0: yeah actually like- exactly exactly so an agency should do better than to in in car for example we found for example service customer Uh, lowest, and like family, and also phrases like second to none, were all really commonly used phrases that were used again and again and again and again. So an agency, what they should do is have somebody script something for you that doesn't contain those words essentially right uh so more fact the more facts the less recall of facts there actually were right so when somebody somebody talked about uh uh features right features of our agency we have this we do, we'll do your nails everybody does your nails like we have free coffee <laughs> we our I, service is the best we have iso 9002 or, I, I feel
1: like that would get me the nails. Yeah. yeah. They'd be like, we'll do your Petty and Manny. And I'd be like, oh my gosh. Yeah.
0: Signed. So the more features about the agent, uh, not the agency, the more features about the dealership that there actually were, the less features people actually recalled at the mm-hmm. end uh let me see sameness music pacing graphics lower attention and brand recall
1: that was a lot you just said there so yeah <laughs> let me unpack music, that a little sameness, bit Breathing. Whatever. so what
0: an agency should do um is they should take inventory they should produce a commercial for you that plays in the context of what's out there right now right even even if you're doing and when i say commercial i don't just mean traditional i mean ott and paid media all that stuff mm-hmm.
1: What, uh, uh, they OTT, should for those that don't know over the top and what exactly does it mean Dan
0: over the it's basically streaming it's yeah. going when you stream stuff uh like on Apple TV on uh, well not Netflix but anything that plays commercials like on uh I was about to say HBO go that doesn't have it like on TLC um mm-hmm. A&E, Roku. Roku yeah all those Sling, things all exactly those yeah where they like take over your TV right exactly Um so they should – an agency should take inventory of what's out there mm-hmm. and they should produce something that fits into that in a way that makes sense for you, right? So so sameness, if you have the same music as somebody else, if you've got the same words as someone else, if you're saying the same things, if you've got the same pacing as somebody else, then you are going to blend in. Uh, the next thing is uh, contra- contrast clarity and reward – um, is, that's it, your 10 minute, is it 10 that's your 10-minute 10 10 buzzer
1: 10-minute uh, buzzer? You may as well keep you may as well finish your thought though.
0: I'll say this. If you activate somebody's reward center, if you activate a viewer's reward center, mm-hmm. you're gonna do really well. Your likability and your viewability attention and recall are all gonna go up. Nice. And essentially, we always say when you're advertising to somebody, you're interrupting what they're doing. Right. And you should always ask the question, what are they getting in response, right? Mm-hmm. They're giving you their time and their attention. So just like I'm interrupting Dan right now,
1: agencies <laughs> are very good at doing this. That's right. right. They're yeah. very good at interrupting and getting your attention. So that's exactly why you should hire an agency.
0: Uh, that's true. Do we know anybody at an agency who no, could talk about that? I have no idea. Uh, why don't you tell me? I guess that's Since the this is it. your friend. <laughs> <laughs> we go. Today we're going to talk to Todd Harvey. Todd Harvey. Who is the... <laughs> every, every time. I can nail
1: that every time. Who's
0: the the founder and creative director at Mission Media. They're a, a creative agency in Baltimore uh, doing some really, really cool work. I've been working with Todd for a while and we're eerily similar uh in our in our work styles i think which is why which is why we we get along so well let's
1: talk to Todd.
2: you know when what, what we're doing on a daily basis and this is if you're a dev or if you're you know a digital marketing strategist or counter or, or or a writer or a designer or a motion gra- it doesn't matter who you are what we're doing is we're being very emotional like we're having to dig in and like you know manage people's emotions manage you know our the the brand and how people are perceiving the brands that we're working with how the consumers are feeling and if like that's a very human existence right like to 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 deal with that on the day it's, it's very, very difficult to check in and check out of what, of, of what we, for what we do. Um, like you're constantly exhausting your brain and exhausting mm-hmm. your, your, um, your heart and your emotions and, 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 making successful products. Um, so as, so that's why, like, that's why my approach is what it is, is because I know that it is a personal thing. It's not just a professional thing for for what we do. And so, so knowing how someone's feeling, like what's going on in their, their life, or feeling like the dynamic is much more than just, you know, boss and staff or colleague. And you know, and, and those words that there's that there's friendship there, that there's um that there is that respect beyond just the professional, but also the personal. I think just creates an environment where more truth, more ideas, um, um, more transparency is, is, is readily available and, 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 and on the table. Um, so, you know, Dan, your question is, how do you mot- motivate the team around that? Is, it's just by exemplifying that yourself, right? Like being transparent, um, being myself, staying positive you know and being 98, vulnerable 98.5 yes. vulnerability yeah. and um humility are a, a big part of that um mm-hmm. and so you all have a yeah. cry
1: you have a cry corner at admission a- also because <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah.
0: well, well here's yeah. the thing though yeah. what something something that you said todd is a hundred percent that we when you're a creative You really are. I I love what you said when you said you're managing emotions. Right. And and also with the team, like to be in this industry and to do what we do, you really you 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 pour it all out. You you're emotional. It's it's emotionally exhausting. And I think that a lot of times in corporate you have uh, uh, corporations who hire like a video guy or hire a marketing person who who has to do that and they don't understand why those people don't thrive in a corporate environment and that's why the cultures in the agencies or even just creative entities like us um it's so important to take that into account to say you know maybe uh, that's why we have things all over the walls that's why we have um Mm -hmm. you you set up your structures and your processes differently right if you have to take a half day you just take a half day you know you don't you you don't you don't charge PTO for that kind of thing, and it's those are all the things that come when you ask your team to be super emotional and to literally exhaust. Like we'll sometimes we'll leave a meeting with a client and just be completely mentally and emotionally exhausted, right? Yeah, and that's how you know you've had a really great meeting with somebody. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. What, what do you think, non creatives? Need to know about managing creatives, like like a company who they're uh, maybe an association for. Uh, I don't know. Let's make up something like accountants or something, and or, or or legal, right? A legal association, and and they hire a video guy or they hire a marketing guy or and, you know. And this is a girl, and they're super creative. They don't know how to manage them. What is your advice to them?
2: Well, I think one is you know that understanding of what we were just talking about of, of what is what is motivating the people that you've just hired yeah right and what are you you read people and part of part of having empathy is understanding where they're coming from um even in professional situations where you've hired somebody like empathy is still a really important thing to you know, to, to carry with you in all in all aspects of life um, so knowing that they're, that they're, someone is pouring their heart and soul into this and not just going through the motions of creating a widget, but just really trying to help you create an emotional connection with their clients. They're, they right. So like that, that's going to be an emotional process. Um, I think another thing that is really important is for, for clients, but I, I would say this is in, internal as well, just in terms of our own, own culture, but is is the difference between objective and subjective feedback right and and why and we live in a this goes all the way back to the brief right and then we started talking about it early on like you know what were those goals right and and is is the feedback i'm giving in relation to what i'm looking at or seeing the results of how how do they relate to that or is it is it subjective field feedback because um, it's how i'm feeling right or if it's it's a reference point internally that it, that what i'm looking at is tapping into but clients need to understand that difference between objective and subjective feedback because i think what what we as as industry people have been trained to do especially in the last 10 to 20 years is lean on the objective argument to clients like this will result in X impressions, or this will result in this many conversions, um, backing, backing what has previously been, you know, all subjective feel, you know, feelings up with data and, and, and results. Um, it, it takes both like, you know, opinion, opinion is valid. Um, because once something goes out into the, the market, uh, you know, or to the public, um, off of our computers, onto the internet, or off of our computers onto the TV, or or where whatever the channel is, or if it's an experience, we're out of control, right? At that point, it is no longer data; it is no longer um, in intent; it is purely perception, right? At at that point, um, so the client has to understand all those dynamics and that even the, the most well-constructed um, objective strategy or, or objective point of view um, can be completely um, superseded by perception. Mm-hmm. is that does that make sense? It does. Um, yeah and that it's... and that difference between perception and reality. so that while there is this like th- this dynamic to what we do, That is, um, you know, very well informed. It is equally uncontrollable. And that's a, I mean, that's kind of a fun space.
1: How do do you relinquish control in that sense? You know, you've gone through this emotionally taxing process, um, you're very invested from that subjective level that you discussed and even maybe at a more objective level because you may have promised mm-hmm. a client certain Result, KPIs. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's a great and question. Then, and then knowing that it's not up to you, how, how do you as a marketer and a creative person say, okay, it's time for me to act in a more business savvy sense now and say, I have to wash my hands clean of this. I can't be so invested. Cause I know f- yeah. for example, Dan will go back in and change, projects multiple times because he's a perfectionist and the the tweaks are always better in most of our opinions but it's like at a certain point you just have to say
0: where do you cut it off we're yeah. done
1: with this
2: right. right I mean that's the difference between us and fine artists right there's always a deadline yeah so at some point you gotta so
1: but I guess how do you how do you t- yeah. like kind of dissect that self that has to be results oriented from that creative self where you would just keep working on this endlessly if you didn't have that deadline you know is that really it is just being responsible for the deadline maturity
2: and yeah. just discipline and and also knowing that look we also live in a in a time and our our, our, our businesses exist in a time where iteration is more available to us we can mm-hmm. test test things for three weeks two weeks um on social or or online and see how it's performing and if it's you know if your great idea performs well, then right, validation. If it doesn't, um, you can see those numbers. Now, there may other be other factors involved there, like something could have happened from a society standpoint or in the greater cultural standpoint that affected its, its timeliness or, or whatever. But um, you can iterate and you can change and update and sort of fine tune the creative um, and the messaging and the the strategy, um, in in real time almost, and that's that's kind of a a good place to be. It can make you lazy, right? But as long as you're not lazy well, about it,
1: can that can that data also steer you away from your purpose of sort of leading with instinct and ideas first? Because I feel like a lot of people now in the creative space sort of rely on that data so heavily that they end up. Almost diminishing the creative capacity, right? They're sort of saying, "Oh, we have this result to produce, and maybe they had a better idea that would have produced an even greater result." But instead, they're saying, "Well, we got to hit this checkbox that we wanted."
2: Data is great, and I, 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 I like just say it.
1: that you hate data. Just say it. <laughs> I don't believe in data. Embrace it. <laughs> fake news. Data is fake news.
2: <laughs> I, you know, it's. I mean, research and it, look you going into anything more informed you're going to be better off right i mean mm-hmm. it's it's going to help steer you your maturity level and your confidence level as a as an individual um is going to determine how you interpret right that, that stuff and how it informs going forward i mean if you just say oh well you know Blue scored the color blue scored at ninety percent, and red. Like if you just follow it like that, it's it's not that meaningful. I mean, mm-hmm. data in it in and of itself is um, it needs to be interpreted. Like you can't just spit out results from Google Analytics and say, "Okay, I know exactly what you know need to do next." No, like you need smart people who can look at that and say like, okay, here's really the story. Like, here's what these numbers are saying. It's the tea tea leaves, right? Reading the tea leaves. Mm -hmm. Right. But the other thing is data is from this moment past. It's history, right? Right. Anything forward is projections and it's informed projections, but new ideas, and things that are different than what the past history has said, mm-hmm. um, you don't know. No one knows if they're going to work unless you try it. Right. Right. So, like, you 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 can you can look back, you can look back, and you can look at what the data says and what the results are, um, and you use them to inform them. But that doesn't mean you can't go counter to what the data says, in in search for what's new and search for what's next, and say, like. Because it it means that people just haven't seen it yet, or they haven't heard it said that way, or they haven't um, experienced it in that way. And no data is there to tell you how, if that's going to work or not, because it hasn't been done. So you have to balance those two things and saying like, okay, let me be informed, but let me also take risks. And having a culture and a client that will allow you to do that um, is...
1: The ideal client. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah. What is the, is there an ad right now? I'm putting on a spot. Is mm. there, and if not, that's okay. Is there an ad somewhere? <gasps> oh, look how it is. Hi, Karen. <laughs> hi, oh, Karen! there's Karen. Oh, she can't hear you. I'm on my head. For, uh, uh, hi. Oh, She's I'm a guest. So, so, so. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't she... know it
1: was a Zoom call. I thought it was. Call. Did like, you, no. did you bring Dan some bread? Did she bring you bread? Did you
0: bring me some bread? <laughs> Todd's wife brought him some bread. What's oh. your problem? <laughs> no. she's, a better wife. Yeah, she, he's, she's a better wife. She said, um, oh yeah, you can hear her. She just can't hear you. Yeah. Um, yeah. we, today's moving day. <laughs> we just moved out. Um, it's crazy. Okay. The amount of mouse carcasses <laughs> oh, yeah. we found in that space. Yep.
1: Let's cut let's cut this part please. Yeah. I don't yeah, I don't want to advertise the uh, the so, mouse carcasses. Is,
0: is it a website? You don't have to name like the client, right? But is there a website, a billboard, a, a TV ad, a radio ad, something that it just grates on your nerves right now?
2: Oh, oh, God! See, I was—you just—I was like thinking positive, positive, we're going negative. positive, and no, then no. you went negative. No, we're going. That's negative. the German in him. He's gonna go straight down the tubes. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> well, I can tell you. I mean, I sent you guys that link to that video. Mm-hmm. I mean, one one of the things that I'm just I'm fascinated with, and and I haven't yet formulated an opinion on it, but is how people are choosing to message and communicate right now. Look, I mean, this is—I'm sure there's going to be. A million people um commenting on this but
1: on this podcast
2: on, on this yeah exactly what <laughs> what what words are people using what words do people are using over and over and over and over again but that's okay because that's what people need to hear yeah. like unprecedented in these unprecedented times right like the, the the musical choice like how are we setting the tone for this context for individuals to react and and have optimism but also embrace and and exude the seriousness of the situation um there's the the conflict that you're seeing over the past week week and a half with with protest like there's just so much going on right now emotionally as a layer surrounding the core issue how brands because we still need stuff and we're still communicating but like this this passive approach that that all brands had seemingly have taken um to for a while just being like look uh, look time out like just total time out now is not the right time to send any message whatsoever so then it's starting to trickle out the first the first phase of this has been um you know these these what has become almost a parody and, I, and and it's still meaningful and i still commend people for putting out messages and making people believe that you know they their brand that organization is truly behind um you know humanity at large but um i i wonder you know like i'm anxious to see what this next then the next phase will be of like okay you know it's it's been crazy and it's been you know um, terrible and just gut-wrenching experience for everyone across around the globe um, and it's also not going anywhere um, and probably coming back but um, you know how do we how do we position brands to sort of simultaneously embrace a little bit of normalcy without totally,
1: it can't be gaslighting Being it either, right? Down. It's yeah, like, right. It just, everything's back now, and you're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go to McDonald's.
2: And my hope is that that doesn't happen. I mean, that's the optimist in me. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, that's where uh, the art comes in too, I yeah, think, right? Yeah. So um, I just wrote a blog about, and, and this is my, this has been my pet peeve for, for years and years and years. It's something I call Me Too marketing, right? Not hashtag Me Too, uh-huh. but, but where essentially... People are standing in line like you can you can watch uh, during the Today Show in the morning. You see all the car ads, all the lawyer ads, right? Who are like, we fight for you. We, uh, you know, APR money, no money down. We pay the most. All this kind of stuff. Words become meaningless, right? When Uh you say a word over and over and over and over again, your mind tunes it out. And that's the thing i think that's where the art comes in and saying something but saying it in a way where you know it's artsy and it's emotional but you're not saying it the exact same way that everybody else is saying it so you just blend right in it's like you're standing in line and you're saying yeah me too what he said me too you know and here's my brain right. at the end you know my logo right so, yeah. right
2: yeah and there are you know there are techniques that we use i mean that's part of why people hire us in, in this industry is because we know how to do those subtle tweaks um, that do make it original or, or at least more original um, and, and stay on brand and not offend or be, Disruptive and controversial, you know all those different things, and it doesn't have to always be drastic. There's there's a subtlety to
0: what we do. So, I think it's really cool, Todd. I think it's awesome. We've been working together for a while, and mm-hmm. uh, and I've I've looked up to you before we even uh, uh, to, to UN mission before we even started the relationship. And in order to work with you, I we actually had to move into the building <laughs> above Todd. <laughs> And then slowly infiltrate, and just see him every now and then in, in the elevator, and uh, um, and uh, uh, just have really awkward interactions because that's my middle name is awkward, and uh, until eventually Todd felt so sorry for us that he said, "All right, let's work." So together. not true, you
2: guys- <laughs> Todd,
1: what's what's something I need to know about Dan? Oh, You've known him for a while, like th- like three months.
2: Um, just just. <laughs> go embrace it
1: okay
0: there we go
2: embrace the weird yeah
0: that's awesome.
2: i mean you're not you're not gonna you're not gonna change it so go with it um and he's probably not leaving
1: oh man i was hoping this podcast would be the final thread just kind of get him to bump out yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's funny i feel like you're doing yoga downward dog yoga Namaste. <laughs> <laughs> Namaste.
0: i stay. When I <laughs> when get I get out. No, I'm die. When uh I dated a girl uh a while back when I was your age who um made me go to I'm a, 70 by the way. Who made me go <laughs> who made me go to a yoga, a beginner yoga and she went around the room and said um, I just when I get to you just say your name before you start. Say your name tell me uh, if you have any injuries and why you're here and these people go around they'll be like hey my name's kevin i i'm here because i just want to try to get more balanced and i have a knee injury and then she she got to me and like i'm just super awkward and nervous and i was like my name's dan uh i don't have any injuries except uh, a problem an anxiety problem where i (laughs) where i black out and i just start punching people and <laughs> I'm here because because it was court ordered <laughs> Oh my for me gosh. to be here nobody laughed i thought i was so hilarious and nobody laughed and she just went on to the next person i and like it, it. <laughs> before i could say i was just kidding so the whole time people <laughs> just thought it was... People were probably like trying to definitely
1: keep distance for you before social distancing was a thing but i don't know what Get what
0: for me i i don't know what i was expecting was i expecting people to be like ah he's so funny ah and they like started like hoisting me up <laughs> like a... <laughs> right so does that have to do with the fact
1: that you're a creative and you have these like you know, no, that sort is, of egomaniacal
0: feelings of of who you are as a person? That has to do with the fact that I'm incredibly awkward. And Got it. I should not. The fact that I'm allowed that that I am and people like me are allowed to just freely roam around in public is <laughs> troublesome and it, and it does worry me. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, but creatives are are an interesting are an interesting creature and I don't know how you can work with us. Uh, I don't know either. No, Mm. but, but look, creatives go through a sort of breaking process. And I think this is one thing we deal with a lot of clients who over the years have developed an internal, uh, creative, like we would do their videos, and they bring in a guy who internally, and they don't know how to manage this creative person because mm. because they don't really understand how the creative mind works and and how you know how to really kind of cultivate that to get the best crop out of that. Right? I just thought of that. That That's was pretty beautiful. good, right? Yeah, Thanks. It's like some yeah. me
1: type stuff. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. And and we hear that a lot, and and we have a lot of clients who call us and say like, Hey, what like what do you think of this? How is it? Right. And it's, you just have to know how to respond to that. And you have to know that they, what is it? Beat to the beat of their own drum or something? March to the beat of their own drum. (laughs) They beat to the beat of their own drum. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, right? And you also have this, like, there are certain things we look for here when we hire a creative. Like, you have to understand that every creative goes through a breaking process, right? So you go to school, you go to film school, you learn whatever it is you're going to learn, you get built up to where you think you're going to be a phenomenal director, and then you graduate. And you sort of fall on your face. Right. Mm-hmm. And you you have to you have to fall on your face. You have to be torn down. Well, you don't have to be torn down. You get torn down by the industry all the way down to the very bottom. And then you have to build back up. And Is that's, that
1: the expectation that you kind of alluded to earlier? I know it was in jest, but where you mm-hmm. were talking about, you know. I've set this expectation myself. Is that because people have internalized that as creatives where they're like, oh, I'm going to be the next Scorsese or whatever. Right. And then they realize that, hey, you know, the odds are that I actually won't be that at some point. And they come to grips with that. That you're going to be selling reality. Stuff. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. It, it is kind of that. It's it's coming. And that's that's exactly right. It's coming to the realization that of, of what your life is actually going to be like. Right. Because people go into the film program. Um, for one of two reasons. Number one, to network. Or number two, because they just don't want to do Another program, right? Because I think it's going to be fun. and It's going to well, be. They have a passion
1: for it, right?
0: Oh, that's what everybody says. Right? Oh, okay. but, but again, it's Mr. Cynical, over the here. word Geez. I know, I know. The, the it's this industry. The word uh, passion has become one of those words that has lost its meaning. Everybody's passionate. Everybody's passionate about storytelling, but nobody really knows what it means to storytell, right? It's a word we throw around a lot. Nobody really knows what passion means, but yeah, you do have to be torn uh, torn down by the industry a little bit. You know, it's you you get torn down and then you build yourself back up and it's like you rise from the ashes, you know, and a lot of people can't handle that. A lot of creatives can't handle that. I mean, but
1: it's 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 the same thing. And I think we've had this conversation before that you sort of experience on the business development sales side, just business in general, where especially in an entrepreneurial type adventure um, or venture, I should say, not adventure, Mm -hmm. where you're breaking out on your own. You have lots of failures and stepping stones before you hit success. Right. And what that success looks like might not generally be fully aligned with your vision that you started out with. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. That's exactly right. And it's a matter of can you handle that? How do you handle that? Can you handle it? Right. And then it's also as somebody who employs those people, you have to think when you whenever you interview somebody and I talk about this with my agency owner friends, you have to think about whether they're already broken or whether you're going to have to guide them through this breaking process. It's it's
1: funny you should mention that. We're on our third episode now. And believe it or not, we do have a uh, listener submitted question. Oh, I can't believe it. It's it's from Jen. So shout out, Jen, if you're out there listening to this episode, if you didn't drop off after (laughs) the second episode. (laughs) It's our listener. Um,
0: Thanks. Yeah. She wants to
1: know what we look for when hiring a marketer. You know? oh, and I think you've kind yeah. of alluded to that. You look for someone who's broken, quote unquote. I don't even know how you get there, but but what is it really that that you're
0: looking for? So uh, th- there's a number of things, and we we sort of batch these things. We put them in different, we rate them differently, right? So the first thing, and it's not what a lot of creatives think. So the first thing we look for is... Um, can they follow instructions? Uh, I'm just starting at the very beginning. Wow! <laughs> can they follow instructions? Right. So we we put some safeguards into our ads. When we place an ad, it's you know it's funny, it's long, uh, and but we put some things in there and we watch for those. And it's usually never like we'll place them on LinkedIn. And we'll usually at the end somewhere ask for people to respond to uh, a different email, right? Mm-hmm. And then what we do is we go to that email and we watch that email and we only look at the people who actually have bothered to write an email to that email. So is desk. this a, an exercise in attention to detail? It is exactly. It's an it's so you're looking for
1: one attention right. to detail.
0: Then we then we look at what what their tone is, right? Are they going to fit our culture? And I think that's important for anybody to figure out what your culture is and is this person going to fit in a culture, right? Somebody who writes a cover letter that starts with... Dear hiring manager, blah, 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 and you can tell it's just a copy and paste, like they're probably not going to fit in the culture. Right. Somebody who says, hey, guys, what's up? I really like the ad. Here's why you should hire me. <laughs> like the, that person is going to fit really well in our culture. Right. Yeah. Um, somebody who maybe during the interview process is a little bit more. Uh, I don't want to say aggressive, but they're not, they don't, they don't go with everything you say, right? Like, somebody- God, I was like so straight laced when you were hiring. Me. I can't even imagine
1: what you went through. <laughs> no, you were I wrote a great email to you, but I'm just saying like, other than that, it was just like, oh, yeah. Like, and, and, and also you approached me. So screw you. <laughs> that, that is true. Yeah.
0: I was on that like, groveling on my hands and knees and you called the police. Like there's this guy on my front step. who won't go away. <laughs> no, uh, but it's you, you have to take into account the culture, right? That's the second thing. And the third Thing I think is, um, is skill for us, it's easy because, because when you hire a creative, when you hire somebody who's a cinematographer, you can look at their work and see if they're good or not, right? An editor, you can look at their work and see if they're good or not. But there's certain things we look for, like with an editor, a video editor. Um, I typically don't look at compilations, I always want to see an entire piece of work because anybody, a compilation is just. It's your best work put together, right? Mm-hmm. And it's and it's completely out of context. We we rarely look at um, raw skill. We rarely like I hardly ever. I don't even know where most of the people who work here went to college. Got like it. we we never look raw, at. Resumes. I wouldn't call that
1: raw skill. That's
0: no, what, yeah. What That's I mean by that
1: i feel like—is what you're discussing. No,
0: it's more like it's more like can like everybody puts on their resume. I can use a red. I can use an aerial. Uh, so te- I can use it like technical stuff. Yeah, got it. Exactly. So you're, you leave I that look more you know of you can, like you can train somebody. Yeah, on it I look more at like, hey, who's carrying the gear? Like I love people who started out lugging their own stuff, like me, right. I started out that way, and, and is there
1: such a thing as like a gear caddy? I feel like I've discovered a new career for myself. Yeah, it's called a grip. I'm a, a grip. <laughs> Production assistant. <laughs> I'm gonna be. A, I'm gonna grip now. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm done. With yeah. grip there you go. Real.
0: There you go. It's a good workout. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I think the biggest thing of that though is you look for humble and hungry, right? right. You look for. There's a lot of. There's an obscene amount of ego, um, in this industry and the second that I sense somebody's got ego, there's a difference between ego and fighting for your work, right? Like, we have a lot of debates in here where where our artists feel really strongly about the animation they just put together, and we'll duke it out. We'll debate it for an hour and a half until Vanessa says, like, okay, that's enough, right? And we mm-hmm. let the client
1: decide. But- Vanessa's our production director, by the way. Yeah. Just uh, Dan has this habit of mentioning people
0: by name that no one's ever <laughs> met before. Yeah. He's like,
1: I was down at the club and t- Tyler and John said hey to me, and then you know yeah. you know how it went from there. And you exactly. like, who the hell are these people? But,
0: and that's a part of the breaking process, right? So right. we're very lucky in that we, all the people we have here have a really healthy amount of ego. They have just the right amount of ego, right? Mm-hmm. To where you're not completely destroyed when a client gives you a little bit of feedback, um, but you have enough ego to to actually care about your work so and what to is, believe in your So what is
1: managing that feedback? feedback loop look like and take it out of the context of Hackstone? Because clearly you've said you've hired the right people. So aside from making sure that you hire the right people, which isn't always going to be a possibility, yeah. how do you sort of mitigate the harm that can come to a creative through that feedback loop?
0: Yeah. Um, that's a great question. Thanks for setting that up. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was, it's for we we separate the process. Right. Our biggest concern is that a client is going to be afraid to give us feedback because they're afraid they're going to hurt a creative's feelings. So what uh. we do is we separate them. So what we do is we have Vanessa gather and culminate that feedback and then deliver it to the creative, not because the creatives can't handle it because they can. But because the client, we want the client to feel comfortable to really voice their opinion because we don't want a client to be afraid to tell us like, oh, I really don't like the text or the font you used, Mm -hmm. Um, but we're afraid to hurt your feelings. So they live with that. And every single time they watch that, they hate it and it drives them insane. So we don't want that. Right. Yeah.
1: So going back to hiring, and that just popped in my head, so I have to ask it, um, what does that look like? at maybe a less creative agency, you know, let's say I'm, uh, at a hospital, I need to hire a marketer, or a videographer. How does that whole, like, have you been broken process fit into what you might be looking for? And are you just looking to check a couple boxes instead of like, End up at some higher echelon of performance with yeah you know the next up and coming Scorsese again I'm gonna use him again yeah
0: <laughs> it's like Sammy Hagar says how do you know when it's love it's just something you feel right it, it's kind of like that right so there are certain things we look for now that that are very largely uh, based on a feeling on a, okay. on a, on gut instinct right like like if somebody you can tell by the way they carry themselves you can and I would recommend this. If you're hiring a creative and you're not used to hiring creatives, I would say interview a whole bunch of them, right? Mm-hmm. You can look at their work. You can interview a whole bunch of them, and you you get a feeling for who stands out right away. And I would say this, too be okay with the fact that you might hire the wrong person, right? Right. So you might hire somebody who doesn't work out. Maybe they oversold themselves, right? And they're not able to deliver. At that point, you as a business owner or their manager or whatever have to make a decision like, do do I invest and let them grow or do I... Let them go and find somebody else who is right or go. Yeah, grow or go. Exactly. (laughs) And be okay with the fact that you may have made a mistake, right? You may have hired the wrong person who, who would be great at an agency, but maybe not at your, I don't know, association or something, you know, where they're going to be the, the only person heading up the entire video department, you know, so, so. Interview a whole bunch of people and be okay with the fact that you might have to let them go. You might bring them on and decide that, eh, we did the wrong thing, might let them go. Here's the other thing about creatives that is probably the most important thing, the thing that I've learned. You have to over-communicate. Even if they don't want to communicate, you have to over-communicate because creatives want to grow, right? But they also don't want to grow. What does that mean? You have to figure out what that means by them, wow. right? Like
1: I don't even know what that means. What you just said, to me. I just said <laughs> everything grow, and nothing but at the same right. time. <laughs> But it makes it does make sense though. Yeah,
0: like half of our team, like we sit down and we talk to half of our team and we say, what we want you to grow, not just you know financially. We, don't, we just don't want your paycheck to grow um, only, right? We obviously do want that to grow, but not only. But we also want you to grow. Um, in your ability, in that you feel you're becoming a better artist when you're here, a better shooter, a better editor, or whatever. So
1: in me trying to make sense of what you just said about um, growing and not growing in terms of what they want to do in that kind of deciphering that juxtaposition, mm-hmm. if you will, you said something really interesting before this, which is that a lot of the hiring decision comes down to gut instinct and feeling. Is that kind of more embodied in the way that you manage a creative too a lot of it has to come from the gut because so much of what you're doing in that creative capacity obviously backed by data right that's Mm -hmm. how you inform your decisions but when you come when it comes game time to make those decisions it's a gut thing right so is that really how you have to manage creatives is it from is it from more of a guttural level if you will
0: yeah. You you have to look at it almost like and, and I don't want this to sound insulting, but I'm a creative, so I feel like I'm OK with it. You have to look at it as you're a parent and the creatives are your children, right? You have to create an environment for them to thrive in. That sounds so disgusting. <laughs> it does. Girl, <laughs> it's Daddy Dan back here.
1: I'm your <laughs> papa. <laughs> don't, please don't. It was just Father's Day also. Yeah. We, I we need
0: to get a timestamp on this. <laughs> you you have to you have to guide them. You have to understand that not everybody wants the same thing. You have to understand that that a lot of it is gonna be communicated. You have to ask people and keep notes. So you have to ask people how do you measure success? Because one person wants to figure out how to be a better, you know, director of photography, wants to be or shooter. And the other person really just wants to just do their job. Right. And if you force one style on the other then you're going to ultimately, you know, annoy somebody or or cause somebody to leave or or so whatever. So I have to
1: be uh, 120% honest with you, which I always There's say. no such thing as
0: being 120% honest.
1: There is. <laughs> <laughs> it's beyond honest, it's hurtful. It's hurtfully honest. <laughs> I feel like from this conversation, managing a creative managing a creative or a team of creatives doesn't sound that much different than managing across any type of function <laughs> within a business. Yeah. I, I mean, you're so. basically you're I saying, know. "Hey, I have to have an individual approach because everybody has their own wants and desires and that's like 101 right
0: yeah here's the thing i'll admit i'll admit that i am not a great manager right i never thought i would be a manager and i remember the first time i had an employee problem i think you
1: are somebody who's a good manager though would say exactly what you said because it means (laughs) it means you know that you're never going to be perfect that you're a work in progress and as long as you are working towards like becoming better at it I feel like that's a good manager, right?
0: That's a good point. Actually, now that I think about it, I'm a great manager. I'm a great now, manager. Now you're terrible. <laughs> now you're te- You're not allowed to switch. Like, see that. how fast that changes? Right. Awesome. So, what
1: you were saying that you never expected to be a manager.
0: I never expected. It was always me by myself. Mm-hmm. I never thought I would have employees, and I still remember the first time I had an employee issue. Right, somebody come to me say they didn't like the way somebody else spoke to them, and I had no idea how to handle that.
1: Yeah.
0: And we obviously we didn't have an HR department. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so I had to handle it. So the way I handled it was I didn't <laughs> Great. <laughs> just, I just walked w- away from wonderful. it. Yeah. And then and then I had two people leave, right? So wow. and then that's that's not a good thing because you have to replace two people.
1: Well, yeah, and you became yeah. attached to them and their work product, right? But w- You do. What? What is it that you've learned so far though in terms of management that that might
0: be useful for communicate yeah. That that's how I deal with it. I, I just communicate it, and I just come straight out and ask people, "What do you want? What is it do you want? Do you want it? Do you want a bigger paycheck? Do you want to learn more?" And you'd be amazed at how many people would take the the benefits over the paycheck, or right. would, would take the the ability to learn over the paycheck.
1: So, how do you, as as a f- creative, I was about to say former creative, <laughs> screw you, don't do anything. No, as a creative and a leader, how do you balance? that because I assume those pull you in two completely different directions.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. I'm still working on that. Yeah. <laughs> still working on that. I really am. So if anybody has if any you're tips... Saying over,
1: if you're saying, <laughs> saying over communicate, right, I think I think there is prudence to be given to that. I think yeah. it's great in exactly what you should do yeah. in a managerial position, but at the same time, that doesn't leave you a lot of time to have that time of solitude that I think a lot of creatives might need to really get into their process, right? Right. right. So it's sort of like just don't stop working twenty four seven. That's Dan's. That's <laughs> Dan's take. <laughs> <laughs> What's oh. that? You want to email it at two a.m.? Okay.
0: ABW. Always oh. be working. Okay. <laughs> you like that? I do.
1: <laughs> Thanks for joining us. We want to ask you guys to submit. Uh, any questions for future episodes? We always try to address them at the end of each episode or somewhere within the episode to big marketing at What was that email address, Dan?
0: Big Marketing at Are you gonna spell it this time again? <laughs> IT. <laughs> you like I that? don't know what that is. Dad great. joke.
1: <laughs> I T. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hackstone is h a c k s t o n Just in case. Yep, that's right. And we'll see you guys next time.
2: Awesome. I'm Dan Hack.
0: And I'm
1: Eric Trey. Bye.